Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. There's a day coming when it's over. So then what? Well, I want to use wisdom while I'm here because it's, it's God's perspective. Now, first of all, remember, it's pure. So you have to understand this. I've learned something in my life. I've learned it many things the hard way. When you're old and you've been a Christian more than 60 years, you learn a lot of things. Here's what I've learned, and this is what I teach people. Always do the right thing. If you didn't know already, there's no one else like God. He knows your beginning and He knows your end. He knows the decisions you're going to make before you make them. He even has knowledge of who's struggling with what they should do, how it's going to be accomplished, and when they should make it happen. Wrapping your mind around this concept is huge. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that the single fact that He's an all-knowing God makes Him the only source of true wisdom. There's lots of voices in our world, but only God has an eternal perspective. The others are limited by what they can't see. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 3, verse 16, with his continuing study entitled, True Wisdom, Father Knows Best. life on my own. I don't need any help. But you weren't designed I-independent. Every one of us were designed to be dependent on God and His wisdom. But that's my old sin nature. The world revolves around me instead of me letting it revolve around God. So out of all of this comes disaster. Now remember, the Bible often speaks about false wisdom, and it uses the term we don't like, calls it foolish, foolish. So if I'm not using God's wisdom, God often calls the world's wisdom foolish. In fact, 1 Corinthians, I don't have time today, you go through 1 Corinthians, and here's, here's what Paul says. When we talk about the cross and salvation, that's foolishness to the world. What are you, Crazy. A cross, salvation, that's going to get me to heaven? What are you, crazy? It's total foolishness. Because actually God says man's wisdom is foolish to him. So what does that look like to us? Well, there's a story that Jesus gives us. And I, and I think you can see very clearly in this story, human wisdom without God and godly wisdom. Let me, I'll, I'll read it to you, and as I read it, let me highlight some things. True parable that came from Jesus. It, it's found in the book of Luke. It starts like this. Then Jesus told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm who, that produced fine crops. He said to himself, he said to him, 
self. He's making all the decisions. Stop and ask yourself right now this morning, the decisions you made this week, not to tie your shoe, not what to order at Chick-fil-A. You got a brain. I'm talking about decisions you had to make. Did you consult God at all? Or are you like this man? What should I do? That's where we get into trouble. Has anybody here ever made a bad decision? Could I, could I see your hand? Praise God. Anybody ever made a bad decision buying a car? Here they go. God bless America. And some of those decisions you're still paying for today. And you're driving it. You had a loan for 22 years. But that guy talked you into it. You got to do it tonight. The deal's off tomorrow morning. I won't ask how many fell for that one. Okay, let's move on. What should I do? I don't have room for my crops. So there's the dilemma. Then he said, I know human wisdom. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. I wish the story said, and then I could provide for many poor people in my area. But here's what the story says. And then I'll sit back and say to myself, friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. This man, if he was living today, would be on the head of Forbes magazine. Wise. Amazing investor, brilliant manager. That's true. That's human wisdom. Spends all his time with his business. Doesn't care about the rest of life. Just me, myself, and I. There's nobody else in the store but him. Now, how is Jesus? Why did Jesus give us a parable? Jesus said something else. He says to this successful businessman, this brilliant man, this very wise man. Jesus says this, listen, but God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night, then who will get everything you worked for? Then Jesus makes a powerful statement. I want you to see it because it has great relevance for you and me. Here it is. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, period. No, there's no period. Jesus is not saying it's stupid. It's stupid to be a good manager, a good employee, and, and do all those things. Now, there's a balance to that. If that overrules every other part of your life, and I came from a nation, actually a city, Detroit, where I was raised with that, guys tried to work seven days a week uh, every single day of the year because they got triple time and all those things. See, that was foolishness. They destroyed their life. It isn't about stuff. It's about people and God. But notice, he's not even talking about that. Look at what Jesus says. Yes, a person is a fool, not wise, to store up earthly wealth. Here's the key. But not have a rich relationship with God. Not just a relationship, but a rich relationship with God. So ask yourself this morning, Wise, fool. Wise, fool. Oh, Pastor Mark, uh, that, that's not my definition. 
wise or fool. It's God's definition. See, that's his wisdom. Understand as you look at that, as you look at that statement there, true wisdom is directly connected with a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. True wisdom is always about a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it all starts. Now, a simple definition of godly wisdom, I want to give it to you. And I'd like you to write it down this morning. Because if you get this, it'll make a lot of sense to you. Here it is. True wisdom is living life with God's point of view. In other words, God's perspective. With God's values and God's timing. That's true wisdom. Notice, it isn't about my definition. It's about God. How God sees life, what his values are that really matter, and last, time. Hopefully you can see in that, that what we've been teaching you for about three years, the three keys in life, God, people, and the use of our time. That's true wisdom. The world would not agree with that because the world has nothing really to do with God. It's outside of God. Now, in verse 17, we see the outcome, the characteristics of true wisdom. If we live that way, what's it look like? Look at verse 17. This is exciting. But the wisdom that comes from where? Comes from where? Heaven. So whose is it? It's God's. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, I'll, I'll dissect this one in a moment, is first of all, pure. Pure. And then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Well, what a difference from what we just came up with. Now, this you need to understand. Job in the Old Testament gives us a clue about God's wisdom. Take a look at this. It's in a powerful verse. Job 12, 13. But true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are his. So our first thing from James was about wisdom and understanding. Here's Job. True wisdom and understanding are his. Here's what you need to write. You not only need to write it, you need to understand this. God, who's all-knowing, there's nobody else like God. God's all-knowing. He knows your beginning from your end. He knows exactly the decisions you're going to make. He knows those of you this morning that are struggling. You're right here trying to make, and you don't know what in the world to do. That's huge. And so he knows all that. God, who is all-knowing, is the only source of true wisdom. He's the only source of true wisdom. Now, when pastors counsel, we have a lot of wonderful men and women that counsel. They've gone through studies and so forth. They do wonderful things. But you need to understand this. When we counsel, it isn't our counsel. It's counsel from the Word of God. That's why we like you to try as much as possible to go, when you're talking about spiritual things, to go to somebody that understands the Scripture. Because that's where wisdom really comes from. There's lots of voices in our world. But only God has a perspective from eternity. See, if I mention to you the word eternity, it doesn't really have much sense to us. I mean, how can we understand forever? 70 years old, a dot. Forever. But God understands eternity. And see, often we're making decisions on today, but we're forgetting about eternity. That's what Jesus was trying to say in this parable. Tonight, your life is ending. Now what? 
That will happen to every single person I'm talking to. There's a day coming when it's over. So then what? Well, I want to use wisdom while I'm here because it's, it's God's perspective. Now, first of all, remember, it's pure. So you have to understand this. I've learned something in my life. I've learned it many things the hard way. When you're old and you've been a Christian more than 60 years, you learn a lot of things. Here's what I've learned, and this is what I teach people. Always do the right thing. Well, Pastor Mike, is that really good? Always do the right thing. So what is pure? Let me give you a definition of how that works. Pure. Perfect in motive. God's wisdom will lead us to do what is right, the moral decision. So when I'm making a decision, don't worry about the other side issues. Always do the right, godly, pure thing. And you'll never, ever regret it. Is it hard? It's very hard. Because the world doesn't do the right thing. In fact, they do the opposite. And when we see them getting ahead, we wonder... Well, if I'd have done that, long term, you'll suffer for it. Don't go there. Now, true wisdom, what we just saw, it is free from self-interest and strife. Unlike false wisdom that focuses on self, godly wisdom focuses on God and others. Listen to these words. Peace-loving, peace-practicing, peace-yielding. It's considerate to others. It's open to reason. It's willing to yield to others to maintain unity. It's sympathetic even to the needy, full of good works and devoted to God. Now, if I do that as a lifestyle, what does it look like? Look at verse 18. Here's the outcome. Peacemakers, those who use God's wisdom in their decisions, who sow in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. In other words, people who live wisely with God's wisdom will be people of peace, and they'll plant seeds of peace and unity and right living, and it will have an impact wherever they are. I'm going to say some words, and I want to ask you this morning, in your home, in your relationships with your family and your family and your kids and the grandkids and, and people at work, are you sowing a a harvest of peace, and, and is there righteousness coming up? Is there this righteousness? Is this what your home looks like this morning? Peace-loving? Peace-practicing? Peace-yielding? As you live with your relationships, is there a unity of purpose in flowing together? Can you sense God in your relationships and God in your heart? This is what James is talking about. It doesn't matter what the world says. See, that's what I want, and that's what you want. Now, the only way I can get it there is to ask for God's wisdom and do the right thing. And then I have that peace that passes understanding. Now, look at me for a moment. Some of you may need to make some corrections. In relationships, bitter, envy, Discord, careful, do the right thing. Now, what does verse 18 say? If, if I live in my life, nobody here is going to live perfectly with God's wisdom all the time. We, we, we are selfish and all the way up, independent. But, but here's what happens. Start at the top. Everything in my life, if I'm going to do it right, has God in the top. 
if that's you this morning and God isn't there, you're in trouble. Your life will never work right. But if God's there, next thing that happen is, I'm going to ask God for wisdom. So if I have God's wisdom, as it works out in my life, what, what's going to happen in my life? There's going to be good works, and there's going to be good words. And where are those going to interact? With other people, believers and unbelievers. It's going to be there. There's going to be words. See, if I'm using God's wisdom, my words are going to be why? They're, they're not going to tear down. They're going to build up. They're going to be kind words. They're going to be encouraging words. And there's going to be good works. Now, if you're married, did any of you ever, let's think back in your marriage, how long you've been married. Did any of you uh, get angry with your spouse and, and walk out the front door, slam it, get in the car and drive off? Hey, let me see your hand. Come on, be honest. The rest of you are lying through your teeth. I know you did. You did that, didn't you? Then you had to come back. Anybody here that's been married? See, those of us who have been married a long time, we're in trouble. Any of you here to have been married ever not use any words at all for a day or two? Anybody here right now not using those words? We'll bring you up front and lay hands on you right now. See, if I'm not using good words, what kind of wisdom is it? If I'm not using any words, where does that come from? That's really from the pit of hell. You need help. <laughs> but we've all done it, haven't we? See, that's I selfish. But if I'm doing right, if I have real wisdom that comes from God, see, when I do that, here's what, here's what I say. I'll get even. I'll drive away and she won't. She'll worry to death where I'm at. Ever drive away and come home, your wife's gone. <laughs> she went shopping, pay for it. Okay, come on back, come on back, come on back. Good works, good words, affects others. And in the end, who gets the credit for that? God. Because people know us. There ain't no way, Balmer, you did that. That's God in you. Can I hear an amen? amen? See, that's why we're here. We're here to make God look good, not us look good. That's why humility has to be God. Now, you say, well, Pastor Mark, how do we actually get this wisdom? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you four ways. Write them down this morning. Now, if you're wise, you'll write them down. If you're foolish, you'll just look at me. I, I won't say any more than that. Okay. Number one, accept Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord. You see, life makes no sense. It'll never make sense to you without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot get godly wisdom until you have a relationship with God. That makes sense. God wants to be your heavenly father, but you can't have a relationship. Since all true wisdom comes from God, I have to find a way to have a relationship with God. Now, in the Old Testament, man couldn't approach God. He had approached God through priests. In the, in the holies of holies, there was this huge curtain. But when Jesus came, he opened the way to God. So notice what Jesus says here. It's a very familiar verse. Jesus told him, I am the way and the truth. Remember, we make decisions on truth and the life. Now watch it. Read it together with me. And all of our campuses out loud. No one can come to the Father except through me. So now just look at me for a moment. Now I want you to look at me because I want you to see this. Here's God. Here's his wisdom. Now if I need God's wisdom, 
how am I going to get it? Well, I have to talk to God. But if I can't approach God, I'll never get his wisdom. So how did God make a way to approach God? Through who? Jesus Christ. So when Jesus comes into my life, what, what keeps me from being in contact with God before Jesus? What keeps him? My sin. My sin separates. Sin always separates. So if you're here this morning in any of our campuses, you never come to Christ. Well, that's what keeps you from having godly wisdom. You can talk about God. You can wish about God. You can call him your heavenly father. In a generic sense, he is, but he's not your personal heavenly father. So there's no way to have a relationship with him. That's why Jesus came. So I have a relationship with God. You'll see that's one of the steps. So for me to get God's wisdom, it all starts with a personal relationship with God. My greatest need is forgiveness. Jesus died for my sin. He's the only way to God, the Father, and eternal life. Now, number two, huge. Number two, make, how am I going to get wisdom? Make getting godly wisdom a priority. It can't be a side issue. Remember, everything we do comes from decisions. Everything. So Solomon, the whole book of Proverbs is a book about wisdom. Notice what it says. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. There's those two things we started with again. Wisdom and understanding. Get godly wisdom. Now, why would I say that? Because the human wisdom, the wisdom of this world is flaky. Let me give an example. How many of you, some of you be a little older, you remember the day in the health magazines and news, they told you, don't eat butter, eat margarine. How many remember those days? Exactly. Now what do we hear? Margarine will kill you faster than butter. Hallelujah, we're back to butter. <laughs> How many remember this? We almost killed chickens off. How many remember this? If you eat an egg, there's a heart attack coming. How many remember that? Now what do we hear? Three or four eggs a week? Actually, you got vitamins and vitamin and all kind of good stuff. You, you need to eat three or four eggs a week? <laughs> what kind of wisdom is that? Depends when you lived. Now, by the way, those of you who are excited about eggs and butter, bacon is still off the menu. <laughs> I'm sorry. Unless you want to go to heaven earlier, then that's fine. Okay, let me come back. Mm-hmm. So, God's wisdom is not like that. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. See... And we can't help it, we're human people. That's what happened. People come up with this and this great science and it's just the way it is. So you have to get wisdom. Now under, look at me because I want you to understand what I'm just saying. We get what we go after. Always do the right thing. These are the very wise words we just heard from Pastor Mark. He shared from his heart and valuable life experience just how important following that small piece of advice really is. If you're going to be successful at life, whether you're a mature Christian or not, you know the difference between right and wrong. Stop struggling with what's obvious. Choose what's right. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share with us what God's laid on his heart, knowing what to do, how to do it, and when to do it are all issues every Christian struggles with. No matter how hard we try, we'll never have the right solution to those problems until we know God. Tune in to learn why we need more than an intelligent affirmation of His existence. It has to be an intimate, personal, and real relationship. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a herd